Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed, yeah, most important and critically acclaimed <laughs> podcast that is recorded in our car. And yes, we are in the car today. We are in the red studio, the little red studio, and we're heading north, north into Iowa, Iowa. Welcome to the show. And there's some, there's been a big change. There's been a there's a huge change today. There's disturbance in the force. There is. Spice I, is driving. Spice is driving. I am the passenger today. Unlike normal, she doesn't like to drive that much, and I like to drive, so we usually split it up that way. But today, we are not. We have a we have a change because I have a broken paw. My paw is broken. His ankle is on holiday. My ankle is on holiday, and I cannot drive, except in case of extreme emergency, because you can't really run a gas pedal with a with a cast. You can, but it doesn't work very well. When I when it broke the ankle, and this is not what the topic of the podcast is about, by the way, I'm just sharing. When it broke the ankle, I did drive myself to the hospital, and uh, I did actually drive myself home, but I don't recommend it. That trip home was not good. It was not good. So, anyway, long story short, uh, she's driving today. Not that it matters yeah. a bit to you because she can talk and drive just as well as she can talk and ride. I hope. I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. By the way, I didn't recommend he drive himself home from the hospital either, but that's how these things go sometimes. No, I, I was uh, I was a bullheaded crowd about it, to be honest with you. And I can say that because I'm part crowd. She's all crowd. All the kraut. She's she's as kraut as you can be. I'm partially kraut. A little bit. Not much. Mostly French, to be honest. But don't hold that against me. My family came over way, way, way long before modern France. Like early fur traders and trappers type over. So, anyway, long story short, welcome to the show. We're going to talk to you today about the article that Spice just wrote this morning. And uh, it is, today is Thanksgiving Day of 2018, and since we're going to go ahead and publish the podcast the same day we record it, which is something we do not always do, we're going to, uh, I'll let you know when this is recorded, and it's Thanksgiving it's about food, it's about family, but this is not what this podcast is about. We're not about food or family, really. Thanksgiving is about Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving is about Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving more and more has become just the launch point for Black Friday. Yeah. And Spice and I are not big Black Friday fans. We're not at all big Black Friday fans because we... Even though we have an astronomical amount of stuff, it seems sometimes, hmm. we're not really that into stuff, even though we have a lot, and it's all my fault. <laughs> She's not denying it. She's laughing. There's a difference between a laughter and a denial. <laughs> it's not entirely all my fault, but it's 98% my fault. Let's say I am not a shopper. No. In fact, to the, to the detriment of... My sanity sometimes. She's not a shopper. I'm like, you? yeah, I know that, but you work in the town with all the grocery stores. <laughs> anyway, long story short, pressing right along. Not that there's any angst there. <laughs> but she works in the town with all the good grocery stores, and we have one little cruddy 
expensive, bad grocery store. And, yeah, that's where we end up shopping. So. Anyway, moving right along, stuff. Now, I haven't read the article, so you're going to have to have to head it's in and... Salty and I's Black Friday tradition to be as far away from commercial shopping as possible. Oh, now, we've had some really amazingly far away experiences on our Black Friday, haven't we? We have, both in distance and in mindset. We've been a very long way away from shopping on Black Fridays. Part of the deal is this. I have, uh, she has a job where she has certain weeks that she's available um, during the year where everything shuts down. So we know when she's available. My job is pretty easy. I can pretty much choose to get away most any time I want to, but I don't like taking vacations alone. So we're pretty much tied to her schedule. And one of the times we always have, both of us, since we don't, we always, my job gives Black Friday off, is we can take a long weekend. And we've done some absolutely insane road trips on these long weekends. Uh, we're in Missouri. Now, we don't do insane road trips north all that often in the winter because the you just don't go north in the winter. You're more than a little north in the winter, but not, you know. But between this weekend and the 4th of July, whatever we can roll that into a three- or four-day weekend, uh, we really, we have at. Um, in... Thanksgiving, we have gone to, uh, remember, we're in North Missouri. You know, we're not, I mean, it's a casual drive for us to go to Iowa. So we're North Missouri. It's not that long of a drive for us to go to Illinois. We're closer to Illinois than we are close to, to, to Kansas. But even Kansas isn't really that long of a drive. But, you know, we're a little closer to Illinois. So, but Iowa is by far the closest state to where we live. We're right up, right up there on the, you can smell Iowa from where the place is. It smells like corn. Yeah, it smells a lot like corn. Um, anyway, long story short, we've been known to, we went to uh, Shiloh one year. The Shiloh Battlefield. I think we've actually done that more than once. Yes, and that'll re- remind you of what you're grateful of. Yeah, we've gone to Perryville in Kentucky. We've gone to uh, Mammoth Cave. And uh, that's in Kentucky. We've gone to... Middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Yeah, uh, our favorite spot in Nebraska, which is the middle of nowhere. It really is. If you want uh, someplace fun to go, where you're pretty much all by yourself. I can't, I got I got where you can go, but it's in Nebraska. And uh, we've been to uh, just as far away as we can get. We've we've gone diving in Florida, which was insane. That was an insane trip. Drive to Florida, get in two dives, and drive back. It was absolutely nuts. But it was fun. Yeah. 
but it was nuts. I think we actually had an extra day that year. I think we did. We, we had an extra day for some reason. There was a I don't know what it was, but so we had an extra day. So we drove all the way to the Panhandle of Florida from Missouri. Now you can't fly there with scuba tanks and scuba gear. You just can't do it. I mean, you just it's way too expensive, and we don't rent our cave gear. That's just not happening. We would possibly rent tanks, but that's it. You know, the rest of the stuff we take with us. And we our um, dive lights for our cave dives, you can't get them on an airplane because the batteries are too big. The lithium batteries are way too big to put on an airplane. They won't let you on with the, that type of battery. So, anyway, long story short, that's... Uh, so this post, <clears throat> to get back to yeah. where we're trying to go And here. why we're doing this. Yeah. It's not about the stuff. Uh, it's it's easy. Obviously, preppers need some stuff. But it's easy to focus on that too far, especially because there is nearly an unlimited supply of sellers willing to help you concentrate on that aspect of it. And it's a cheap, not monetarily cheap, but uh, cheap in effort, cheap in time, uh, quick way to feel like you've accomplished something for prepping if you buy something you think you might need. So it's basically a quick, easy win. And I think people focus on that and sometimes overlook the other aspects of it. So in the spirit of it's not all about the stuff on Black Friday, this is a what else is it about? post. And part of it is what do you do with the stuff? First, you got to have it organized so you can find what you need and get to it when you need to get to it. And I start with that because, frankly, this is Salty and I's Achilles heel. Oh, Uh, yeah. Absolutely. This is something we need to do much better of. And we've gotten better. We have gotten better. But not nearly good enough. You have to be able to find the stuff when it's necessary. So especially you need to think about the the stuff you would need in without much warning. And especially stuff you might need in the middle of the night when it's dark. (laughs) And if there's no power, you can't see stuff. Make sure you've got stuff organized so the stuff that is important to find in short order, you can get to in short order. Keep your wallets in the same place. Keep the car keys in the same place. Keep the, you know, because you may not be wanting to drive away if your house catches on fire, but you can sit in your car and not freeze to death while the fire department comes. We have a uh, firebox where we keep important documents and spare copies of our keys. And we set that somewhere where it would be very easy to grab. And, in fact, when we've been awakened in the middle of the night by the town fire or a tornado siren. Yep, that's the first thing we do is grab the firebox, grab our wallets, grab the firebox, grab our shoes. Anything else you can pretty much do without. You want to to do shoes. You really do. Shoes are a big deal. Yeah, in fact, in tornado weather, we put nice, sturdy shoes right by the firebox so we can get them in the dark. In tornado, when it's like a serious chance of, of of a call out. Uh, we're like the fire department with the old, you know, how they used to wake up and jump into their, uh, jump into their pants and boots and go. We're kind of like that. 
Well, my dad was a volunteer fireman, and he so kept his boots we keep like that handy. near the front door. They were too heavy to walk around in for casual, but they were sitting by the front door, so if he's on his way out, he just takes three seconds to step into his boots. Are we ready for our aside? I have an aside. <laughs> okay. Which reminds me to mention something. Fire alarms. We had an incident last night where something that was put in the oven really smoked bad. There was a, a mishap, and, and it started smoking, and I mean smoked up the place, like bad. The smoke was rolling through. I was sitting in the living room, and the smoke was rolling through the doorway. And the, the kitchen was filled with smoke. And it was no big deal as far as the actual, any trouble. It's just something in the oven was smoking that shouldn't have been. I mean, it's just, long story short, it was a, a uh, an issue that was with the actual food item, not the oven or not uh, anything else. But the deal was, our doorway from the living room to the kitchen is... You know, it drops down a couple feet from, we have high ceilings. So it drops down a couple feet. And the top two, three feet of the ceiling in the kitchen were filled with smoke. The smoke was pouring through the doorway, yet our smoke detector did not go off. Which was sitting on the ledge at the top of the doorway. It was sitting on the ledge on the top of the door. That's where I keep it because I want it high because the smoke goes up. And we were, we had, you know, a post-apocalyptic, okay, it was a little bit of smoke. Well, that turned the fans on, blew it, you know, we have kitchen fans, blew the smoke right out. No big deal. It wasn't even an unpleasant odor. It was a blueberry pie gone bad, or apple pie, or some kind of pie gone bad. And it went off the rails. But in as we always do in every situation that comes up like this, we do a postmortem on it. What were the problems? Did we have any problems? Okay. Well, the problem with that pie won't happen again. I'm 100% convinced that will never happen again. It's no big deal. But the problem with the smoke detector is a whole different issue. My first thought was, well, why don't let's dumb placement why don't we take that smoke detector and put it on the other side of the doorway where the smoke in the kitchen, which is the most likely place to get smoke, is much more likely to trigger it. And you'll still be able to hear it because it's an open doorway. And Spice pipes up and says, yes, but we have heating stuff in this room. The heating and air conditioning unit. The heating and air conditioning unit. And we have had an air conditioner go absolutely bonkers on us before and nearly catch on fire. It happened last year. Uh, so we don't want to pull the smoke detector out of that room. And I'm like, okay, these things cost 10 bucks. Let's just get another smoke detector and put it up on the other side. Also, I'm going to make something smoke in a safe way when we're not going to have to sit in the house with the smoke for hours afterward and make sure that smoke detector actually works. Yes, we're going to have to, yeah, we want to test the smoke detector. That's good. That was pretty smoky, and I'm surprised that thing did not go off. So, um, 
part of our, we are going to do a little shopping at some point in time, and part of our shopping is going to be smoke detectors. It's not going to be tomorrow. But it's not going to be tomorrow. Unless Even I though do we have a handicap parking tag, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I may um, just get them off of Amazon because, frankly, we live in a small town and Amazon is our local store. It's not like we're stealing business from a local store to shop on Amazon on most things. Maybe a fire to. We might go down to the local farm and ranch store. That falls neatly in the category of organizing your stuff so where it's where it needs to be. That. But yeah, this was. You think it was right where it should be, but it turns out it wasn't. So you know, and I'm not opposed to a smoke detector in every single room. I don't think that's overkill. But I do tell you. Make sure you keep track of where every one of them is. (laughs) Or you may go into the insane asylum when the one that you lose track of and can't find anywhere starts beeping because the battery is dead or dying. Trust your friend Salty on this one. We spent months trying to find that thing. We'd be sitting there all the time. We'd hear, chirp. And it was far away, so we couldn't really tell, but it was a very non-specific chirp. High-pitched, so hard to localize. We tore that house apart looking for it. Turns out it was on the back porch. It got knocked over and put on something and knocked over and was fell behind. We pulled the, uh, the uh, screen door off in the fall, or we did, and it was hiding behind Let's the put screen. put a storm door on. <laughs> it was hiding behind the screen. Yeah. It had first chirped in the middle of the night and when somebody was half asleep, put it on the back porch so we wouldn't have to listen to it all night and forgot that's where we put it. <laughs> <laughs> like we say, organizational issues are a challenge for us. Um, we used to have, and I'll be honest, I, this was ridiculous. We used to have ammunition from one end of the house to another. No, they were safely put away in boxes, but they were all from one end of the house to the other. And I don't really can't even give you an answer why they were that way. No, I I can. Because you buy ammunition when you saw a good sale or stress buying sometimes. Yeah, I stress buy. I re I, I I've improved on that. He has. But that was a problem for a while and that's one of the reasons we got so much stuff. And my answer was buy ammunition. Whenever I didn't like what was going on in the world, I would buy ammunition. Because I I had this thing, and we have actually have another. I, we have another story. We should link that. Uh, this would be a good link in with your story. I, I want to add that when I get back. The, the story I did on um, uh, your ammunition problem. My ammunition. Well, here's the thing. This is a perfect tie-in. It's another story I did recently. It's when I broke my foot. So. I thought this was, you know, this was so true. I walked out the front door, wasn't paying a bit of attention, hit the top step. It had ice on it. On October 14th in Missouri, it had ice, which is ridiculous. Okay? That's ridiculously early. But it did, and down I went. I went down the full flight of stairs. I hit the concrete. I was skimmed from stem to stern from the concrete and the stairs. Um, and a broken ankle. And I tweaked my knee, which the knee, since I haven't used it, got better. But um, 
And there I was. I was laying there. And I was laying there on the ground in the cold, hadn't put my coat on because I was just running out of the car to go to work. And I was safely, I would say, within 25 feet of 10,000 rounds of 9mm ammunition. Didn't help a bit. Didn't help a bit. Because I had all this humongous amount of prepping material stored. That wasn't that what was wasn't needed the emergency. for that problem. Exactly. So all the ammunition in the world wasn't going to help me with the fact I just broke my ankle. Now, had this been a stuff-hits-the-fan type moment, what would have helped me, I would have had to crawl up those stairs and crawl in the house, but right inside the door, we have our big emergency kit. And we have SAM splints. And we have bandages to wrap up the splints. That would have helped. If we were in a stuff hits the fan where I could not get medical help, this injury would have mostly, not entirely, but mostly healed on its own because it was not dislocated. Displaced. I still would have had a little bit limited. Uh, it wouldn't have been a stable, but I could have lived with it. Would have been wearing those big, heavy, high-top boots more often. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been a stable, and I'd have twisted my ankle a lot more. And there would have been a piece of bone in there that would have just not necessarily been good. Having said that, the stuff hadn't hit the fan, so I was able to get medical help. Yeah. But that's a perfect example of, yes, my point isn't that, you know, I fell down and broke my leg. My point was I had all these wonderful mounds and piles of ammunition that I had bought when I was stress buying. But they're only good for a certain couple of things. And I way overextended our prepping money into ammunition and guns. Now, to be fair, I have offloaded a lot of those guns. We had way too many guns. We're, we've cut way back on the number of guns. I've, you know probably sold more guns than most people have ever owned in their lives just to get down on the number of guns. So that's part of this, too. So balance the stuff. Not only stuff, but the right stuff. Yeah. And the Sam Splint brings up another nice point. Know how to use the stuff. Know how to use the stuff. I, well, I would have real difficulty splinting my own leg because I got to be honest, this kind of hurt. There's a lot of pain, and, you know, you're dealing with pain. It's your foot. It's the bottom. I would have had real trouble with it. But if the stuff had hit the fan, Spice would have been around, and Spice can do it. She knows how. It wouldn't I could be do the it first her. one of those injuries I, yeah. I have Sam splinted. Yeah, I, I could do it to her. But I don't think I could have done it to myself. I mean, my hands were shaking. I mean, it hurt. Yeah, I busted my leg. I mean, it was not a pain-free experience. You'd have been able to do it once you got over the adrenaline shock of it and realized that's what needed to be done. You could have gotten it done, but I'm glad you didn't have to. So, turns out I have a good friend who's a uh, 
a sports coach, longtime coach. Yeah, he's dealt with injuries <laughs> weekly. You know, football, baseball. The guy knows his injuries. So I called him, and he came over and took one look at it and said, hospital. <laughs> so away I went. So what else your article saying? Once you know how to use your stuff and get regular practice with it, if it's something that skill is critical on, uh, find good ways to store your stuff so it stays good long term, and you can manage the parts of it that need management. So stuff that can go into long term storage, figure out what conditions it needs so it'll actually still be good when you get there. That's a big one. Because we've found that it's it's kind of like when you garden and you read what plants want. Plant in fertile, well-watered soil in full sun. Yeah, that's like almost every plant in existence. When you want to store stuff, it's like uh, somewhere dry and cool, but not too cold. And low humidity. Yeah, there's only so much of that kind of storage space in most houses, especially old houses like ours where the basement is by no means dry, and the attic is by no means cool. So consider your storage and arrange your storage options to, to keep stuff in good shape and to be able to easily get to and manage the stuff that needs management because otherwise it won't get done. We put one big barrel of water in the back room, which, you know, it's great to have that much potable water supply easy easy to get to if we need it but that barrel needs to be swapped out thrown on the garden and a fresh barrel put in there and i haven't gotten it done because it's just so darned inconvenient it was convenient enough to load up but to get that water out onto the garden is quite the project it will be easier to at least clean the barrel out um now that we have the pump. Yeah. We have the pump, the transfer pump that we used for... Um, Watering at the place. At the place. That will make it much easier. You got to admit. It's the, the suction and all that kind of stuff. Worst case, I mean, it's 50 gallons of water. We can put it right in the drain and out it goes. We have a drain in that room. So, you know. Yeah. But that water is five years old. Yeah, it's time to... Time to dump it. It's that barrel been, probably could be cleaned out. Well, well protected, but still, it's time. Yeah, and with the with our potable waters, things like those big barrels. I got to be honest, we're not going to drink out of those barrels. We're going to drink out of the. Uh, we got a Berkey to go Berkey. With them. We're going to dump the water into the Berkey, and then we'll drink it out of the Berkey. We're going to treat it first, because why not? Yeah, it'll probably improve the taste, if nothing else. There's, but. When we swapped out the other one, it wasn't scary or anything. It was just less appealing. So on other aspects, we've done much better. Like before we got a lot of canned good reserve, Salty got a what's called a consolidator, which is a big shelf with a uh, easy load in the top. They roll around to the bottom, so it's easy to pull the old stuff to use. And load the replacements from the top so the freshest stuff is easiest to grab. That was a great idea, and we've been using that for years, and it's significantly 
reduced the average age of our canned goods because it's so easy to treat them the way they ought to be treated. Right. One mistake I made, I, I bought what I thought was good food to have in an emergency in canned food. But it was stuff we never eat. Uh, canned potatoes, for example. We never eat canned potatoes. So, yeah, we've, we've got through most of them. I, do we have any of those things left? We have one can left, I think. Okay. But and we it, mostly cleared them out. Yeah. And they're not coming back. You know, We made a mission of eating through them. I bought a bunch of canned soups, and then I started making all my own soups in the Instant Pot. And soups are a great thing to make with the dehydrated foods. And I started dehydrating a lot more of my stuff after we bought the canned goods. So I'm eating those through those intentionally, and I'm not going to replace them. We'll replace them with something else that I don't easily make at home, like more canned fish, perhaps. Yeah. Or maybe or, some of those Loma Linda fake meat products. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> those aren't very good. <laughs> those aren't very good. I like them all right. He doesn't like them as well. I don't like them as well. In case you're wondering, they're, uh, Loma Linda is a brand of vegetarian meat substitutes. And uh, they got good shelf life. Yeah, they they come canned and they have good shelf life. So, so yeah. The, what I'm thinking is stuff to eat with a lot of the uh, other dehydrated foods we've got. Right. Whereas you might want to go ahead and use like um, put if you're meat eaters, you might want to put some like, like canned hamburger in there or stuff like that. Uh, people who use that like it. Um, don't have much experience with it myself. I've never had any canned chicken. It's pretty chicken. good food if you watch. Uh, yeah, they don't put too much sodium kind. in it. Well, I wouldn't say any kind because technically spam is a canned meat. Yeah. Well, Some first of those of all, potted meats, potted lunch meats are scary bad food, actually. And frankly, they don't roll either. <laughs> yeah. And the canned solidator things are great, but they only work for things that roll. Yeah. And things that have a fairly even size. So if you, you know, they, you can get a peanut butter jar to roll in them. Boy, have we rolled a lot of peanut butter jars oh through gosh. that thing. But, boy, that, it, we go through a lot of peanut butter, you know. But frankly, it keeps the peanut butter fresh. And rolling the peanut butter, we use the natural kind without all the crud in it. You know, our, we like two, in, two ingredients in our peanut butter. Peanuts and salt. That's it. I don't want to see anything else. If it isn't peanuts and salt, it's the two ingredients. I don't want it. Anyway, um... There's separation, the oil separates, and you know, the, the the rolling thing actually helps make it a little easier to stir. But once you've had a peanut butter jar in there for two years, theoretically, I don't think we've ever had one last two years, but once you have a peanut butter jar in for two years, it gets pretty, pretty fun to stir, and I don't mean fun in a good way. We limit the number of, um, amount of space in the consolidator we donate to the peanut butter because it has a shorter shelf life yeah a couple years is really about as much as you're going to go because it is it peanut butter is one that will go bad anything that's high fat high oil no will go bad so there's that and huge huge fan of food rotation so what else we got in your article does that cover it I think that was uh, about it. Okay, so we'll call this one good, and we'll catch you next time.